If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It's episode 465 for October 13th, 2020. Ryan McCaffrey here going around the panel. Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Destin Legary. Bam. Hey, everybody. There he is. And Brandon Tyrell. Good morning. Hello. Good morning and hello to you as well. Well, crew, we are, uh, this episode now marks less than one month to go until the Series X, uh, which we've been quite literally waiting all year for. So it was unveiled sure. officially at uh, the Game Awards last December. So it has been quite a long year waiting for it, but we're, we're finally almost there. I want to just go around real quick. What is the first game? I mean, we we have a general idea of the launch lineup. It like hasn't been sort of officially announced, confirmed, but we know what's there, generally there on day one, and what's not. Like Cyberpunk comes about nine days later. What's the first thing you you guys are going to throw into your Series X? Brandon Tyrell, I'll go to you first. AC Valhalla next. Nice instant answer. You were yeah, ready. I mean, yes, You're, you love it's, the series. I I love the series. Um. I might be, you know, working, doing work for it. So there's that aspect of it. But also it's the really the only game, the only big, big game that I feel like I have to play that also launches day and date. So it's sort of a no-brainer there. How about you, Destin? There's two on my list. It's tough to choose. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Doom Eternal to test mm. the frame rate and see what this baby can really do. And uh, Destiny 2 New Light probably just to see the improvements over the Xbox One X versus the Series X. Right. Well, is uh, I know Doom Eternal is getting upgraded. Did they say, is that out on day one or is that coming later? That up, Well, it's that on up Game day. Pass, so I assume yeah. I can just install it. Right, but as but, far as the, the next-gen update. Yeah. Oh. Did they? I yeah, know. I don't remember off the top <laughs> of my head, but, but still a great game to throw at it, for sure, because mm -hmm. it will look good and run really nicely. Miranda, Destiny definitely has it. Destiny, right. yeah. We, I mean, we expected you to say that. I'm glad you said Doom. <laughs> Let's throw us a little curveball. Miranda. Fusion Frenzy. 
<laughs> I mean, I, going I all the way this. back. Yeah, but I'm seriously, like, it's so nice to have backwards compatibility for everything. Uh, this morning, shout out to anyone who tagged me in that uh, Xbox Wire post showing kind of a little bit more about, um, I guess, backwards compatibility options, which we, we've all known for a very long time, but they showed yeah. some of the HDR support and kind of improvements for some of the older games. And it's just like, oh, Fusion Frenzy was listed. And so it's, it's going to be really excited to boot that up. So. I will definitely like record a video or something of me doing that for sure. Uh, but then seriously, there's a lot of other games that I'm probably going to play. Maybe Creed. I'm not too sure. It would be nice to put in a, a first person shooter to see what that feels like. So yeah. we'll see. Um, just just circling news. back, they did confirm Doom Eternal will be on Series X and PS5 as free upgrades from Bethesda, right. but they didn't say anything about enhancements. So. Okay. That, that well, new story is from early August too, so right. maybe something has come out since then. Hmm. So they didn't specify if it's a if it's a 120 hertz update or not. I would. I'll bet it is. I would be sh- kind of surprised if it wasn't because on PC they've got 144 support. It's so. it, it's kind of a no brainer, right? Like it yeah. makes sense if you're going to do it for anything, and the PC version already supports it. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll see about that. As for me, uh, I do want to play Assassin's Creed. I say it every year, and yeah. this year it, it is one of the. It is the, definitely the highest profile AAA game that's there on day one. But I think the first thing I'm gonna put in the retail, the final one on the tenth. Obviously, I've already been lucky enough to have some time with a few things, which I'm gonna talk about in a little while today. But uh, I want to see NBA 2K21 because it is sports games are always a great barometer for a new console. And in this case, uh, NBA, I know, you know, a lot of people instantly hear NBA 2K and they get they get triggered for uh, microtransactions. And uh, there's a lot of and I get that. But from a sheer technical perspective, the they're building a new next gen specific version. It's not just a a port of of uh, the current one. So. I want to see what what it looks like. I have a feeling that might end up being the best looking of the launch games, and I'm eager to find out more. All right. Uh, so yes, T minus under 30 days now, and a reminder because uh, I didn't get to mention this till the end of the show, and things were a little light last week. So I'm, I, I kindly ask of you all now out there. We need your Yappa comments for the loot box section of the podcast. Your video questions. You can be on the show via the Yappa video comments. Send in your loot box questions slash discussion topics. You don't need a Yappa account. You probably, you know, you're, everybody's sick of having 7,000 accounts for everything. You can log in to Yappa with your Google account, Facebook account, LinkedIn, or discuss as well. So uh, leave your Yappa comment for the loot box at the bottom of the article page of this episode. And the easiest way to find that will just be Go on, just go on Google and type in IGN Unlocked 465. You'll find uh, the article page for this episode. Drop it down in there. It's right above the comments. You'll see the yap of the video thing right above the comments. So check that out, and we would love to feature you on an upcoming episode. All right. Uh, I want to start this week with Miranda's favorite Xbox Series game of, uh, of the launch window. And I say that, yes, with a very much a, a smile and a wink because it's the medium. The, she <laughs> she loves, and Miranda, you love scary games so much. I, honestly, while watching this trailer, I was just like, but what if I just 
tap to another window for a little bit. I, it maybe it sounds like very baby to for a lot of people, but I get so in my own head about horror games sometimes. Like it just sticks with me in a really awful way, and I get really anxious. I'm like, no, I can't do it. I'll just spare myself from this. I'm that way with horror movies. I don't like them. I don't watch them. I watched oh. the. I literally watched The Ring years ago. Like uh, <laughs> a, a significant other at the time wanted to watch it, and I, I watched it like a like a like a six year old kid. This whole time, I was yeah. I listened to that movie. I, I didn't watch most of it. So I'm with you, Miranda. Dude, but the, games are so much worse than movies, though, because yeah. movies you can do that exact thing and like yeah. turtle, like ostrich yourself, right, <laughs> head in the sand. But with a game. The the punch doesn't come unless you actively are there. It's like, all right, well, wait, take your time. But like, it's yeah. going to happen if you play this game. My limit, I found like Condemned was my limit. Like mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed Condemned 1, which was a 360 launch title. I think it's one of the, the best 360 launch games of, uh, of, you know, thinking back, what was a really good launch lineup. I think we'll talk more about launch lineup stuff next week. Kind of let's, we'll look back. I've been thinking about that for a while, but um, anyway, the medium to circle back here to our original topic, it uh, is not going to make launch, but it will make the launch window. It's going to be out on December 10th. Um, so I'm, I'm of two minds on this and I want to get everybody's topic uh, thoughts here on this topic. It's a little bit of a bummer. I mean, they never, I guess, outright said it would be a launch day title, but in the context of the launch lineup as we know it so far, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, it was going to be the only non-sports game that was a an Xbox Series exclusive. Everything else is cross-gen. Dirt, Yakuza, Gears Tactics, um, you know, the list, go basically everything, everything else that's uh, that's coming on the first day is also available on Xbox One. So from that, in that regard, it's a shame that it's not there on day one. But on the other hand, you've got people like Brandon Tyrell, they're going to jump straight to Assassin's Creed Valhalla and <laughs> might not have taken a look at the medium if it was well, there. Well, I don't play scary games either, so I'm a wash. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Destin, how how do you feel about you got uh, so I guess it's it's yeah, the first non-sports next-gen exclusive out December 10th now. I mean, sure, I'm excited to play it. it it's definitely going to be interesting and all the effects and everything I can do. I'll, I'll play the medium. I, I don't really mind playing scary games and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know what else to say about it besides that. It's cool. It's going to be our first, like, game that we can really dive into and just see what it can do on the Series X. So that's definitely a positive. Miranda, you th do you think, uh, are you just going to avoid this game completely along with Scorn? Yes. <laughs> like, I don't do a world where I actually voluntarily play either of those games. Um, but I do appreciate that we are seeing more and more horror games come out because I think they are really interesting. And I think horror as a genre of, like, any sort of storytelling is really cool because the narrative structure is a lot different. And the way you go about crafting a horror story varies so much between if you're trying to do something that's, like, really tense or if you're trying to do something that's more so about jump scares. And I think the storytelling there is cool to look at and i like hearing about them but i can't be part of it because i'm i'm too scared <laughs> La launching one month later that just means that like more people will get in on black friday deals and then yeah. more people will be able to play it too mm -hmm. i still consider this like a launch game basically yeah. even though it's not day one 
Fair enough. So mark your calendars for that if you are looking forward to the medium on your new Xbox Series X or S console. Speaking of cross-gen launch games, because we are going to get plenty of those, I want to take a minute not to... Uh, I, 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 I can't wait till you guys can also play this stuff so that it's not just me yapping away. But I just wanted to take a minute. I got to play... Uh, Dirt 5, a preview build of that on the Series X, and Yakuza Like a Dragon, both uh, 4K60 in both cases. Now, Dirt also has a 120 hertz option, and you can find both of my previews in written and or video form. If you want to read it, go to IGN.com. If you want to watch it, you can go to YouTube.com slash IGN or IGN.com. But, uh, but yeah, I'm... I mean, I'll, I guess I'll talk for a minute, and then if you guys have any questions about these games as they pertain to Xbox Series X experiences, I will happily answer them. But uh, in short, they're both, they both seem like really fun games. Uh, Yakuza, I confess, I'd never played a Yakuza game before. I'd heard about them. Uh, Max Scoville from the IGN team is a big Yakuza fan. And after spending a couple hours with this one, I totally see I totally see why it's absolutely a Max Scoville type game. It is <laughs> it is sort of self-aware and weird and funny and goofy and in, in all in a very good way. And it's an RPG. It is a modern day set role playing game where you and party members wander around modern day Tokyo and you have uh, equipment and items and weapons and skills and uh effectively character classes that are that are referred to as jobs and you can change your job so it's and it is loaded with insane humor i mean there's just some really goofy stuff in it so i really like the game and there's clearly a lot there the preview build threw me right into the about five or six hours into the game into chapter five so i didn't have necessarily a ton of context for the overarching story but but it's i can see like if if you're looking for something fun and meaty to play at launch yakuza seems like it might be a good way to go and as for as for it as a series x game like yep it runs in 4k 60 frames it looks decent uh the main characters all look pretty good the rest of the game and other like non like npcs not so great uh which is common in a lot of games and so it's it's got a very kind of clean crisp look to it but again it's it's not a game that you're going to show off to your friends of like, dude, I just got the new Series X. You got to see Yakuza. That's this is it's not going to be that game. But again, it seems super fun. I got to ask, these are like super interesting games to, to be embargoed. Like why these two? You think there would be something that could better showcase like dirt five. Okay. You have the 120, yeah. 120. So that's definitely yeah. interesting. But Yakuza? Like that was just such a strange one because it caps at 4K 60 and like the the console now can probably do that. Yeah, I, my guess, and I, I don't know. I mean, I just get the emails from Microsoft that say, here are these games that you can play on the Series X in preview yeah. form. But my my guess is that Yakuza was ready. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, it was in a showable, playable form because we've all seen how this year has impacted everyone in every line of work including video games we've seen video games push back we've seen all, all kinds of things uh so i would imagine that it's everything's and everything always comes in hot at a console launch i know brandon yep. tyrell can speak to this i've covered it 
in, in generations past. And so it's, you know, getting a, a build that you can that you can comfortably give to media outlets, what, a month, a month in advance yeah. is a lot easier said than done when you're, I, when I you're said, trying to hit that moving target of a, of a new hardware platform. I, I get what you're saying, but like they just released a new Halo on PC. It seems like that would be set like set up to be a title that they could be showing, hey, here's what it can do on the, the Series X, you know, and it's Halo. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I'm glad you got to play those <laughs> anyway. games. I can't wait to play them. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's Yakuza. So I guess, I mean, I well, what I would say, I guess as a counterpoint, a, a polite and respectful counterpoint, Destin, which I think How dare it you. is a valid point, but uh, <laughs> you put Yakuza out there as one of the first two games that anybody previews, and it's going to get more attention than it might have gotten otherwise, right? Mm. So it's it's a good opportunity for Sega to say, oh, all right, well, people are going to be paying attention to this coverage more mm -hmm. than they might ordinarily because it's one of the first next-gen game previews. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, because I'll say the I, Yakuza I probably, conversation on Reddit though isn't so hot. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if you're seeing it. I don't know anything about yeah. that. All I, yeah. all I, as I said, I'm new to the series. This is the first time I played it, but it's and it, and honestly, if they hadn't made this available as a preview, I probably would not have played it ever like it's just with the launch lineup it's smart probably alignment. not a thing i would have ever tried i get what you're saying i get what you're saying it's it's yeah. good marketing really yeah. hey yeah. you gotta that's and that's half the game right so mm. <laughs> it's the marketing game this week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by nord vpn hey if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts NordVPN is a great way to go you can use NordVPN, a virtual private network to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the e that's n-o-r-d-v-p-n.com slash u-n-l-o-c-k-d and that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan and best of all there's no risk with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the e hey there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And then as for Dirt 5, uh, this is this one, you know, it's racing games. There's almost always a racing game. In fact, I guess I wish I'd thought to look it up before this show. I'll bet every major console launch has had a racing game on day one. And we're not getting Forza. That's early in development as a as a reboot. And but we are getting Dirt 5. And so, uh, yeah, I was I was eager to play. I've played I have played Dirt before, but going in fact, going all the way back to when it was Colin McRae uh, back on like the 360. So I have a little familiarity with the series, but not like a I'm not like a hardcore veteran of it. But just jumping in, it is there's a ton of depth to it. Like there's a lot of content in this video game. Like there there are a million tracks, there are a, a million game modes, a million vehicles from regular like rally race cars to like tractor type off road things and this sort of just like cage buggy thing that just goes does just does rock climbing and you're going almost vertical on some of the courses. So there's a ton of off-road racing variety, but again, I was not super blown away from a technical perspective. And you and the thing is with racing games, you know, you you want the racing game to be the thing that that looks amazing on your new console and that's typically what the job of a of a launch day racing game is. It's not to say Dirt 5 looks bad. It does not at all. 4K60, no problem. Go ahead, Destin. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Like, from a technical perspective, the fact that it runs at 120 is very interesting and that, like, it manages to mostly maintain that. And, and, uh, you know, I'll I'll just say I I watched your coverage and I watched Digital Foundry's Foundry's coverage and they did did excellent. Yeah, they did a great job. It's two minds, right? Digital Foundry is looking at it from a technical aspect, and and they do an excellent job of breaking that down. I really, really admire what they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ryan, you're just saying, like, if you just look at it and you're showing your friends, like, this is the new console, look at this game, they're going to be like, all right. <laughs> like, it's just like a meh response, right? So I understand the the, like... From a technical perspective, what was accomplished with Dirt 5 is very interesting. If you're just looking at it and you're playing it, though, it looks kind of eh, you know? I mean, I mean that's dirt, to be fair. Like, it's always <laughs> sort of just been, like, that sort of look. Yeah. But you want that set piece that you can say, check this out. And that's yeah. probably going to be forts in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't find, like, I think Forza on the 1X looks better than than dirt dirt five does on the series x and again i'm not that i am not that's not a hardcore criticism of dirt Mm -hmm. five it looks nice but it's yeah it's it's not didn't have the wow factor the next gen wow factor that i would have wanted as the the first racing game i play on the series x but uh and yeah to the the 120 hertz mode 
it's uh, we can't capture it uh, and we can't effectively show it to you. Uh, but my I had it running because I've got I actually got hooked up with a, a beta firmware update for my LG B9 TV uh, that Microsoft facilitated. So like I'm all perfectly set up to to look at it, to to play it that way. I just can't capture and, and show it to you. Of course, most people are not looking at our videos either on YouTube or IGN on 120 hertz capable screens anyway. But um, but anyway, it's the there's you can see a, a, a bit of a visual trade off like it, it definitely doesn't quite look as good. But I have to say the frame rate and maybe it's because of the limited control you have over the camera in Dirt 5 uh, as compared to something like. Like we know, Gears Five is getting a, a versus multiplayer 120 hertz update, and that's you know that in that game you can just control the camera, third person camera, all you want. But yeah, I, I have to say, I I was expecting 120 hertz to be more of a like super crazy awesome obvious difference. And while I could tell a little bit, it was the the jump from 30 to 60. I feel is way more noticeable than the jump from 60 to 120. Now I'm only basing this off of Dirt 5. I still have you know plenty more games left to check out, but but yeah, I mean the, the I guess the long and the short of it is uh that both games were impressive as video games, but as as things to show off on the Series X, they weren't the most sort of next gen holy crap kind of kind of experiences. Yeah. A racing game at 120 isn't what should be showcasing that you need a, a shooter. Yep. Absolutely. And, and we know we've got, well, it's yeah. Gears five getting its series X update for launch. And then oh, I guess uh, they borderlands three confirmed a series X update for day one. Mm-hmm. That was, today. yeah. Bor- yeah. Borderlands three is sort of one of those interesting cases where, yeah, it has benchmarking tools built into the PC version and such because of its shell say shell, cell-shaded art style, though, it, it's one that often gets criticism for, like, oh, okay, you're showing off your your tech, but, like, it's cell-shaded, so it doesn't it doesn't do it justice of what's actually happening in the background, you know? And uh, just to the our commenters note, we are working on ways to to show 120. Uh, yeah. That's been my pet project for a long time. I'm really, really excited to unveil it when it's ready. Yeah. Because we know we're going to need to do that with uh, you know, not just Dirt Five, plenty of games in the mm-hmm. in the new generation. Um, so yes, they, we, there's there's more stuff coming. You know, I'm well, there will be more coverage coming to IGN. So keep an eye out. I'm I'm keeping very busy with the Series X. Uh, all right, Outriders. Speaking of COVID and a weird year and trying to hit a launch. Uh, Outriders has been pushed back a bit. Now, Destin, I know this this one seems pretty up your alley. Yeah, uh, they does been, this run a show for me? Like, it what is. is happening today? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It has been pushed back just a couple months to... It had been... They'd been kind of that vague holiday 2020. Well, they couldn't quite make that. They're going to be February 2nd of 2021. However, total cross-play experience, free upgrades to next-gen. So if you... If you aren't getting a Series X this holiday, uh, you could you could still grab it on the Xbox One if you're interested. And then, whenever you do decide to upgrade your Xbox, the game will be uh, upgraded for you for free as well. So, yeah, they they did cite 
COVID-19, you know, the pandemic uh, work structure changes as as what led to the delay. So, uh, Destin, this is this game has been described as kind of a kind of a Mass Effect meets Diablo type thing. It's Destiny. It's Destiny. Yeah, it's Destiny, but like it's more like the way uh, I don't know Borderlands does it, where it's like co-op with friends, and then you go use your superpowers and kill a bunch of people, uh, kill a bunch of uh, sorry. They're we'll aliens. just call them bad guys. They're aliens, yeah. <laughs> yeah, aliens, aliens. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's a bummer that it was delayed to February. But at the same time, it's like, for me, November is Cyberpunk and Destiny 2 New Light Month. And everybody should get out of the way. So I don't mind that it was delayed. Yeah. That's that's my take on the situation. I mean, you, you say it's a bummer, but like, you just, you just kind of answered, I think, the big question, right? Which is... Is it a bummer? I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, is anyone there, even going to have time? <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. about a 60-day period after November where if you're not Cyberpunk or some of the bigger games out there, um, you know, Q1 is looking pretty good right now. You know what I mean? So, right. Uh, Let's run yeah, it down. I, I think yeah, it's smart. Also because it's a game as a service, which means it's a game that you need to play for a long time. You've got to dump hours into it. Uh, I, I don't think that's that's the right investment to ask somebody who just got cyberpunk in their hands for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Brandon, yeah, we you got... mentioned, you mentioned Q1 looking good. Uh, I mean, I know Miranda's our keeper of all things, wikis and guides and including our, our game releases page and the launch lineup page. And, and Miranda, like, I feel like we usually at this point in the year have a, a lot of like flag in the ground, pretty concrete release dates for big games into February and March of the following year. And I feel like presumably again, because of COVID and the uncertainty of development and the process, I feel like we, we don't really know anything that's coming out definitively so, in the next few months. We do have a good hold on a few games, not a ton. Um, I will, I do agree that a lot of them is just like Q1 2021. Like there's a lot of like, maybe, um, so as far as I'm looking actually this up at Game Informer really quickly because it's just um, I like how they have their setup, but we still have to get ours list together. So as far as what they have listed is uh, Hitman 3 on January 20th, Prince of Persia. The same oh, time I think is January 21st. Right. And that and then they have some others listed that I'm just like, I don't know what that is. February is, of course, Outriders. And then there's Little Nightmares 2 on February 11th. Okay. And then I think the big one oh. of note is going to be Far Cry 6, which is February 18th. I wonder oh, if that's going to next year. Yeah. 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 Oh, no. I'm looking at next year, not not this year. Yeah. <laughs> so this year, we, there there are quite a few things actually coming out. Um, <laughs> I have I have many spreadsheets. <laughs> no. But next, I haven't even started looking at it the beginning of the year next year. Like everything for me is like focused on just the next few months. We have so yeah. many projects coming up. So, like, um, let's see. In November, there are so many things coming out on the 10th. So, if you if you want to go back a little bit, Jurassic World Evolution is kicking off the month, <laughs> November 3rd. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> but then you have, like, of course, on November 10th, you have Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you have Destiny 2 Beyond Light, you have, you have um, the Gears Tactics update, of course, you have the console launch, you have Tech... Tetris Effect Connected, which is going to be really fun, I think. I'm actually looking forward to playing that with with my siblings since it is on Game Pass. And, of course, you have Yakuza. 
And then um, on the 12th, you get a lot of those uh, PS5 games. Then, of course, on the 19th, you have Cyberpunk. Then on the 20th, you have Hyrule Warriors. But that's not, you know, of course, not Xbox related. Uh, And December is actually pretty lean, though, because like right now you only have like Immortals Phoenix Rising is kind of the biggest Hmm. thing of note, which was uh, used to be Gods and Monsters, which is infinitely a better name. But (laughs) yeah, that's it's kind of what we have coming up so far. Like there's just so much going on in these next few months. I'm going to be curious to see if we get even more things joining the medium in December. Um, I think that's going to be that's always a nice month, I think, to release things. That's when people are catching up. They're getting their Christmas presents um and it's 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 kind of like in august it's like august part two and the fact that it's a time to catch up on games that you maybe missed from the past few months and a good time for those games as a service games to kind of kick off if they didn't have any momentum earlier yeah. so anyway so that's, here's all the things coming out of report you just, just made realized. me up, update my spreadsheet live <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, the medium moved. <laughs> Taking notes, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then yeah. what? Uh, just listening to you, Miranda, I realized Ubisoft, God, they, gotta, they have a stranglehold on the holiday season, don't they? So Watch Dogs in October, I think. AC yeah, in November. Minutes, yeah. uh, Phoenix Rising in December. And then Far Cry in February. That's four major games across five months. Yeah, but I said we didn't even talk about this month. There's still a lot coming at the end of this yeah. month. So. <laughs> yeah, Ubisoft does tend to stack Q4 and Q1 typically, don't they? Like, I feel like I feel like we don't cr- often get a lot of major Ubisoft games in Q2 and Q3. I, I'm sure I don't have any historical documentation to back me up here. I haven't researched this answer, but that's that's what it feels like in my head, yeah. especially after hearing you say that. And it's weird that they're all sort of major open world games too, like traditionally games that take 40, 50 hours to blow through, right? Um, I guess that's the point. You don't blow through them. So it's it's weird to, to see. For, I, I guess it's not weird. It's their business model, right? Like the Ubisoft open world game. Um, but the only thing this year is missing from them is like a new Ghost Recon. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny to see their whole catalog drop. And we're also missing Splinter Cell, as we are mm-hmm. every year, mm-hmm. <laughs> every single year. Well, U- Ubisoft also has uh, Rainbow Six, which consistently sure. gets updates and is, uh-huh. is about to get a new update. So that could also be considered, you know, within yeah, the catalog. They're there, getting a next-gen update for that, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a there was a report that came out that For Honor is going to be making its way to new consoles as well. That's right. In addition to that, you've got Just Dance, and then there's the Trials coming, so, like, they have a huge catalog, but I think four of their five major open world tent poles are dropping within five months of each other. That's crazy. That is impressive. Next this week, Microsoft. So you guys remember the whole cloud gaming, the X cloud problem with iOS, the Apple event was today. So it's, you know, some people are going to be getting new iPhones and Microsoft knows that that is a significant part of the market. While Microsoft is reportedly working on a direct browser-based solution that will allow it to bring xCloud to iOS and iPadOS next year. As reported by Business Insider and The Verge, Xbox head Phil Spencer revealed the news during a, quote, recent internal all-hands meeting, saying, quote, we absolutely will end up on iOS, we'll end up on iPhones, and iPads with Game Pass. And uh, the story noting the newly announced Amazon Luna may hint at Xbox's alleged plan in that Luna will bypass the App Store by being playable through the iOS Safari browser 
and will not be a native app. So that's interesting. Yeah, so it sounds like they're going to try to sort of bootstrap it through Safari if they can. Yeah, Which, just go around. <laughs> take that, Apple. Apple just, builds a wall, just go around the wall. That seems so <laughs> weird because, I mean, I'm, I'm on an iPhone. I, I assume a few of you are as well. But like when I think of the Safari browser on my iPhone, stability is not what comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, I wonder if they're going to make sure that it works with other browser browsers as well. And like, does that mean you can do... Project X Cloud from any browser or specifically for iOS or specifically for Safari that they're building for? Because whenever, like, to be honest, whenever I use my iPad, which is like my only main Apple device these days, um, I use the Google Chrome app. So, yeah. like, do I have to, is, is my Safari app going to be my X Cloud app? <laughs> is that going to be the new thing? Who I knows? Mean, if it works, okay. bring it on because yeah. X Cloud. You know, Microsoft has done such a good job. I don't think any any of us would argue that xCloud on its own seems great. It has been out there in beta. It is great. But also, Microsoft has just done such a tremendous job of messaging xCloud and communicating how, I know we've talked about this on past shows, but communicating how it is a complementary experience to the console experience. They're not trying to get rid of the console. They're not trying to replace anything. But hey, in addition to your set-top box at home, if you want to be out and about, you can totally play your games through your phone with uh, with gamepad, with different you know phone mounts. To the, the, there was that official line of five or six uh, attachments to for your phone to, to have a, a gamepad or some sort of you know Nintendo Switch-like controller apparatus that wraps around your phone. So um, I, I'm curious how the legal battle is going to go. I mean, if I guess the ideal solution would be that for the legal situation to just get settled and, and then allow Microsoft to just go direct with an app. But uh, that doesn't seem like it's happening anytime soon. But really, it's it's in Microsoft's interest in two ways to just try to bypass this Apple policy however they can. Because it's it's in their own financial interest, certainly. Because if they can't market xCloud as a service as part of Game Pass to the entire iOS ecosystem, that's a lot of people mm-hmm. that are going to miss out. But but quite frankly, again, to Microsoft's credit, they have not just talked, but they have shown that they are that they have gamers' best interest at heart uh, over these last number of years now. They've really been doing a lot of gamer-friendly, gamer-first initiatives, and and this is just another one. They say, "Fine, Apple builds a wall. We'll we'll dig our way around the wall. It's fine." What an analogy! Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's There's strange. Probably a better one, maybe like I, I just mean it topical, really. Um, it's strange, <laughs> but uh, I I mean I haven't been super following. I haven't been following the whole Epic Microsoft Apple situation very closely. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, because I might be. But the issue is that Apple does not want apps that allow you to purchase or or that basically provide a storefront outside of the Apple sort of closed walled garden. Apple they want their cut. cut. Yeah. Okay. So that's what it is. So I got to imagine that just allowing just allowing some sort of browser-based storefront as well is still going to be an issue. But the question is then, is it outside Apple's purview? If it's on the browser, I would really... say 
Yeah, because they can't limit what you're searching on the internet. Right? Because I mean, that, that would be. I mean, restricting access to certain <laughs> things on the internet is is sort of tantamount to censorship, somewhat. They're in court. It'll all be settled in the next five years, anyway. <laughs> but until <Five> then, <laughs> yeah, lawyers do uh, legal legal situations do tend to get drawn out a lot. Yeah. Don't. Yeah, I'm just saying. Don't expect a resolution anytime soon. Yeah. Right. I mean, it would seem the easiest thing is just to cut some sort of rev share deal between Microsoft, Epic, and Apple. But well, the Epic thing is a whole different story about yeah. Epic wanting to be able to do their own mm-hmm. money systems within the app. But mm-hmm. what's that part of like the XCloud thing is that you can't they can't view every single game on the service, and therefore it's not permissible because they can't give everything a, a rating. And so it's a, it's a little bit of a different situation. Yeah, is that where what like, is? Epic is kind of like poking the flames of just like, no, we want our money. And then whereas at least with xCloud, it's like, oh, we just want to put our games on on your devices. And they're like, no, you have to have them all approved. So they have so, to be submitted to Apple right. individually. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's not going to happen with something like xCloud and with Game Pass. Like, that's just not feasible. So, mm. I mean, they could, but I don't think they want to do that. So there's a lot going on. We'll see. Where I mean, basically, the entire gaming community is rooting for Microsoft to figure this out, either mm-hmm. either through the court system or through the browser system, one of the <laughs> two. So go Microsoft. I I I am happy, and you know, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm happy in the Apple ecosystem. It's not knocking any other one, but yeah, I I would love to be able to take advantage of XCloud. Uh, so hopefully, Microsoft will get it get it figured out. Uh, finally, a story actually left over from last week that we didn't have time to get to that I wanted to, to end on here as far as the news goes. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit is getting a remaster from EA, and it will be out very soon, November 6th, just ahead of the console launch, the Series X launch. Criterion, one of their, their classics, it came out 10 years ago, still a fan favorite. It will The new remaster will have updated visuals, of course, all the DLC cross-platform multiplayer, which is great, uh, and some more. So if you're on a 1X, you'll have a choice of either a performance mode, 1080 60, or a visual mode, 4K 30 for hmm. that. Uh, also, up-res, the UI has been up higher resolution reflections for the cars, boosted textures, more particles, and better anti-aliasing. R- Ryan, hold up. My headset's acting up. Did you say 4K 30? It's <laughs> on the something one X. weird. Something one weird. X. Yeah, but 30? My headset can't be right. Yeah, no, I I'm with you. Like it's <laughs> it is uh the, the you would think a 10-year-old game that the one X could do better than that. And and I'm not blaming that on the one X, by the way. Uh, it's quite the opposite. I'm saying the one X is capable of more than that. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I was surprised. I don't know what goes into this, but you know, I would imagine uh, assets that are ten years old, even up res, you'd be able to run in sixty. But again, who knows? Like it's probably some weird artifact from being developed a decade ago, right? So maybe, yeah. I'm actually, what does the old game run at? Does the old game hit ten eighty sixty? Also, you should do a side by side, Dustin. <laughs> yeah, probably will. 
<laughs> so, so regardless, regardless about the 30 frames thing, I'm actually really stoked for this. Uh, I love the Need for Speed series. And here's the thing. The first time I heard this story, I thought they were talking about the first Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. And I was like, yeah. yes, that was like my favorite racing game of all time. But then I forgot that I'm old. And like they're talking about the one that came out when I was at IGN or right before I came to IGN and they like re they brought back the Hot Pursuit series. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that one. Well, yeah. that's still cool, but it's not the one I thought it was. <laughs> it's probably for yeah. the best though. Like don't don't go back and sully those memories. You know? <laughs> oh man, the original Hot Pursuit. So yeah. Great. I don't know. Some old games are so real good, like uh, Fusion should, Frenzy out Oh, there. yeah, Miranda? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> Except for the water levels. We don't talk about those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Miranda, that you carry the torch, that Fusion Frenzy torch, so admirably. I, sure I love it. it. I, I love, love it, though. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, good. All right. Let's get on to the loot box. Our loot box question, again, I mentioned at the top, Send them in. Jump on Yappa on IGN.com, and we would love to have you featured on the show like Steve Perry, who has an xCloud slash Bethesda question. Go ahead, Steve. What's going on, guys? My name is Steve Perry, and I'm a big fan of this show. I want to get your thoughts on a potential future with Bethesda exclusivity, because I was realizing that because of xCloud, you no longer technically need to have an Xbox in order to play Xbox games. And Microsoft has said that it plans to bring xCloud to more devices beyond Android, beyond phones, and even to TVs. And so I wonder if their move to, to PlayStation fans is to say, you don't need to buy an Xbox in order to play Bethesda games or in order to play any of our games. Um, you can keep your PlayStation and just subscribe to Game Pass and play our games that way. Um, I wonder if that's the way they might go. And if they did, what your thoughts would be on that? Well, thank you, Steve. I've, I've seen this come up a lot on my Twitter feed since the Bethesda acquisition is, is the Bethesda acquisition the leverage that Microsoft needs to try and get Game Pass onto the PlayStation? Brandon, I'm going to go to you first on this. <laughs> um, is xCloud... <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think we're actually looking at it in a fairly narrow frame through that question. I mean, it's a good question. Stevie brings up a good point. And also, I just want to say it's really awesome to be able to see unlocked listeners, like actually see their faces and, yeah. and ask their yes. questions. I, I really enjoy that. Um, but I, I think the the framing of it uh, is a little narrow. Like Microsoft, xCloud is Microsoft's answer to um, the question, what do I do if I want to play Xbox games, but I don't want to buy an Xbox? Um, so... Yes. I mean, I, I think this is probably a good first step for that, right? But I think it also sells short the fact that it's not just PlayStation users. It's people who primarily play on their phones, people who are on PC. I mean, they, they have Game Pass for PC, right? But um, more and more you see Microsoft decouple themselves from the idea that the Xbox as a console, as a game console, is their primary way to engage with their audience. Um, I don't think that's the case anymore. And with xCloud, you're going to start seeing these kind of questions of, oh, but will it run on this? And will it run on that? And will it run on this? And, you know, they just bought Bethesda. And if you ask Bethesda that question about Skyrim, they'll just say, yes, it'll run on everything. <laughs> and we'll put it on your refrigerator and your smartwatch. And, um, you know, next year we'll see it on a Fitbit, I'm sure. But uh, I think, yeah, 
to answer the question, I think this is a good first step of seeing Xbox games on literally every platform. Miranda, you think uh, the, the, will, will the day, will, the, will there be snow in hell and, and uh, an Xbox Game Pass gets onto PlayStation is, and is Bethesda, the Bethesda acquisition, the, the first snowball t- towards that? I have my hands on my hips right now. Listen, y'all, it took so long for PlayStation to get on board with any cross-platform thing. Like, they, they, it felt like they were dragging their feet. I do not see a world where Game Pass is on a PlayStation. Like, any of the PlayStation devices, maybe, have, maybe I'm wrong. I do not see them wanting to play that game. I think maybe Microsoft is a bit more open-minded about where they put their platforms. Um, I think to the point of like having it maybe as an app on a TV, that could absolutely be something. Mm-hmm. Um, and to Steve's point, yes, they are definitely trying to, or like Microsoft is definitely trying to make sure that people can play Xbox games without having an Xbox. And that's what we see them with their initiative on PC. Like that's been an ongoing thing. That's been time and time again, you hear people was like, well, why do I need to buy an Xbox if I have a really great PC? It's like, you don't have to. <laughs> no one said you had to. I mean, that's the whole point, right? They're trying to let you have a lot of different avenues to play Xbox games. And so to your point, Stephen, yes, I think it's going to be a good option for uh, PlayStation players who do maybe want to play Bethesda games, but don't necessarily want another console. Um, having xCloud or just subscribing to Game Pass Ultimate or whatever it may be in the future, um, and they can play on their PC, or if it runs really well on their phones, or whatever it may be, they will have that option. And I think it is a good idea for them to have that. So it's it's just a way to get these games without having to actually buy the console. Mm-hmm. Um to that point, though, I think a lot of people say that, you know, PC is such an alternative to having an Xbox. Like, why why get an Xbox where you can just build a PC? It's like, well, <laughs> do you guys want to talk about PC pricing and how hard it is actually to build a PC? Because it's easy. It is it is complex. And they get freaking expensive. Like, what you're going to play for a console versus a PC is very different. So I think uh, for people who already kind of are in the PC ecosystem, it's a great alternative um, but with xCloud, uh, kind of bringing it back to the whole being able to play different games without having that, it, it really does open the door. Say, if you have good internet and the devices that xCloud supports, then you don't have to get, you know, either. You don't have to worry about either. So, it'd be interesting. All right. Uh, thank you, Steve. And again, send hey. in. Hey. <laughs> We're running out of time. What do you want? Sorry. Real quick, Steve, send me your workout <laughs> regimen. Uh, you're in very good shape. <laughs> uh, second, second of all, um, so real quick, uh, this is an incredibly smart angle I hadn't thought of. Just real quick, I just wanted to say, I think Microsoft is done playing nice with PlayStation. I do not think we ever see Game Pass on there. I think they're tired of hearing the, we don't have any content exclusives. They buy Bethesda and they're like, I'm sorry, what was that? We don't have any exclusives? What? Oh, oh, now it's, now it's, uh, oh, we got to play nice and everything. Now we're the bad guy. Uh, we'll see what happens with all this. Uh, I think I I think Xbox is done with all that though. They are going to kick butt with this new console generation. You you bring up a really good point, and I I think uh, let's let's jump right into the callback to the news story we were talking about earlier about them figuring out how to run XCloud via browser. Consoles have browsers, you know. So yeah. if you want to bypass <laughs> oh the God. idea. If you want to bypass the idea of having a Game Pass app on a Sony PlayStation, there is a world in which you could potentially 
run something through a browser. I'm not sure how it works. I'm not a scientist, but it is possible, I would imagine. However, the other thing I will say is that Miranda brought up an excellent point about Sony's hesitation to really conform to the idea of an open ecosystem, I guess, open market. Um, and they only really came around after public pressure. So the idea that if PlayStation players want an Xbox Game Pass app on the PlayStation and Microsoft is for it, the, mo the more successful Game Pass is and the more call there is to that opens that door, I think. But right off the bat, I doubt it. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, and to Destin's point, you know what? I would like to see after this week, and my mentions on Twitter, can can Microsoft just buy Sony whole and then there can just be one console? Plus what the Nintendo. No. What have you done? Forever. Just end it. Let's just have let's have the Microsoft PlayStation and just and just merge everything and call it a day. And no, I'm not serious. You just got done talking about your Twitter mentions. What are you doing? I know what have I done? You no, do this fine. to yourself. <laughs> uh, Listen to Batman. <laughs> well, I think all right. We're gonna have to save trivia again for another week because we let's just do it really time. fast. We all know the answer. Speed round. I, well, okay. I was hoping this would be a layup. Uh, in fact, I was a bad host. I didn't write down who sent this in, so I apologize. That that person's gonna know who they are. In 2014, Microsoft published a game creating game similar to Le Little Big Planet and Dreams. What was the name of that game? Was it Project Spark, Project Adventure, Project Odyssey, or Microsoft Game Maker? Uh, Brandon, you're in the lead with seven, and Miranda and Destin tied with six. So it is neck and neck. Uh, I'm going to go Destin's way first. A, Project Miranda. Spark. A, Project Spark. Brandon? A, Project Spark, final right. answer. So everybody did know this one. It's good to have layups <laughs> from time to time. Good job, everybody. So the we get... I want a new question so I have a chance to win because I knew we all knew that one. <laughs> yeah, so please... Uh, Please, everybody Nothing's out there, send, <laughs> send in your Xbox trivia questions to unlocked at IGN.com. That is the email address. Include four multiple choice answers and note the correct one in your email. And we'll see if we can change the scoreboard somehow, uh, <laughs> change the standings next week. And that will do it for us. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. If you want to yell at me at Twitter for some dumb reason, I'm there for you. Brandon Tyrell. Don't yell at him, please. Please don't. don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very much uh, joking. <laughs> I'm at Brandon Tyrell. It's just my name on Twitter. Again, don't yell at Ryan. He works really hard. <laughs> Miranda? I'm at Havoc Girls and that's Havoc with a K on Twitter, Instagram, and pretty much everywhere else. Destin. Destin Legary at Destin Legary. Twitch.tv slash Destin. Watch my videos. Love it. IGN.com. You can find us. Uh, and hey, if, subscribe to our show on YouTube. YouTube.com slash IGN Unlocked. And with that... This was episode 465. We'll see you all again next week. Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. 
result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.